have a lot of firsts on this show because in just in general, our show is so all encompassing in terms of like who we bring on and the impact that we're trying to have. It's very uh, broad based. So to have someone else that brings us totally uh, just offbeat topic is really, really cool. It's something that like me and you didn't really understand at the beginning, but now that we've worked with Sam, she's been incredible. Like we're, I think we're both pretty blessed to help her and, and to serve her. But at the same time, she's given us so much feedback and it's almost like, like we've talked about, it's like free coaching because she's so knowledgeable in so many different ways. Right. Yeah, no, totally blessed to, uh, um, to be a part of her life and to have her in our lives. Um, she is a wonderful asset and, um, just knows, knows so much and is so, so helpful. So we're really excited to, um, share this episode with, some of the things, how she operates, some of the things that she does. And we even get a little bit more technical as far as um, uh, Chinese astrology and feng shui goes. So um, without further ado, enjoy our episode with Sam Plovey. Well, we're back to small town wealth. It's been a minute. It's been a while. <laughs> it's definitely been a minute. We've been um, we've been busy, hard at work, helping Sproing uh, create their new podcast department. But we're really happy to get Small Town Wealth back and rolling. And who better to get that rolling again than to have Sam Plovey on the podcast? So thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here and a little nervous. Yeah, because you don't yeah. get the control this time, do you? No, that's weird that you're nervous considering it's the second three. <laughs> I know. Sam doesn't like not having control. <laughs> I'm going to relinquish control to the two of you. How's that? That's good. Okay. No, that's good. And we're excited to kind of lead a podcast because we've been helping you with your podcast. Oh, it's but now. My goodness, that's been amazing. That that I hope we get to talk about that. I'm I'm going to follow Absolutely. your lead. I'm not going to interrupt because that has been that's changed everything. My God, that's changed everything. Having you guys lead those. So how has that helped you? How, like what, a, I mean, aside from, let, let's say you had absolutely no analytics whatsoever. You had zero downloads. How has just the process of it helped your business? Do you feel like there's other benefits that you can chat about? Well, you know what? I think the biggest thing is it's not so much even the, the downloads. It's more that when you're an entrepreneur, uh, whether you're beginning, whether you're five years in, 10 years in, doesn't matter. Your time is so valuable. So I've learned, and it's from working through Sproing, and I'm glad you guys are with Sproing too. I can't do everything. Contrary to what I think, I'm not perfect at everything. So I've learned that, you know, you pull in your team, pull in your resources. So for me, having people like the two of you, or well, the three of you, the three of you running these podcasts, I don't have to think about it. I just need to think about what it is that I do. Okay. You guys set up the recordings, you set up the sound, you set up all of the online feeds, everything's connected. You show me how the analytics work. So even for someone who is totally green, um, it's such a great process that you walked me through and it's changed everything because I just focus on what I do best and know that when I come in, you guys take care of the rest. It's all ready to so, go. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, my son is a great example. He sort of said to me, well, you could do your podcast yourself, mom. You know, you've got, a, you've got a Mac computer, you've got microphones, you've got this, you've got that. I could, but my homework when I first met you guys was to go listen to podcasts and check things out. And I, I heard firsthand how poorly the sound could be on some podcasts. And it really it's bothered awful. me. It can't, some of them. Oh my goodness. And even if the content is good, I did not finish the podcast because mm -hmm. I just couldn't, right? Yeah, it annoyed yeah. me. And I, I hear that because, like, when Shelby and I started Small Town Wealth as well, um, actually I have him to thank 
in the end because he's the one that wanted us to to make sure that we get the proper equipment and somebody to handle the audio because I was definitely the um, the one that was just like, all right, well, we want to start a podcast. I mean, I can buy a microphone. We'll exactly. Pl- buy we'll those plug little USB into- mics. We'll, pl- uh, yeah. we'll plug it into our we'll plug it into our laptop and we'll get going. I was like, hell, we don't even need a laptop. Let's just use our phones. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And this is, you know, this comes. And he's like, no, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I know, I know. And it it changed everything. Um, just this, the sound, the quality, and I just it just makes my life easier. It just makes my life incredibly, incredibly easy. And you know, and someone said to me today, oh, oh, you do podcast, and I'm like, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. There, you know, we have the new websites launching in a few days. They'll all be on there and they're already on Spotify. Oh, you, you, you're on Spotify? Well, yeah, and iTunes and Deezer and all these, listed off all these things. And they were so shocked. How did you do that? And I said, well, I have a team. Yeah. I have Small Town Wealth that take care of that for me. And they sort of, all of a sudden it, it became a, oh, Sam does podcast too. Wow, Sam does a podcast because it's on iTunes. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah. So it makes it more professional. You know, and I know that you can, a lot of people can get onto those platforms as well without having, you know, having their microphone and their phone. I know you can do it, but if you want to be there long term, you need help and you need to have a professional look. And that's, that's, that's how you made my life simpler. For well, sure. I appreciate you pushing the business model for us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wouldn't say, put, I wouldn't push nice, it if I didn't believe in it. Yeah. Nice so little, I don't do that. Free nice press. Yeah. plug for us. Yeah. And I was not paid to say that. No. <laughs> I, when I believe in something, I, I back it 100%. This is not well, a we, advertisement. Yeah, no. That's right. Please do not try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And it's interesting for us now um, helping you for so many months now. It's yeah. been quite a few months. Six months now. And coming back and being on the other end because we've been Very helping different. you facilitate and now we get to interview you. So mm-hmm. part of our our mission is getting people of all different types of backgrounds, um, careers, whatever it is. And so you are definitely, and we've only had so many episodes so mm-hmm. far, but you're definitely a first in terms of the type of business that you have. So we're I'm really- I'm unique. It's okay. I know, are I'm unique. a little different. You I are know. unique. <laughs> You're special. <laughs> I'm special. So why don't you highlight for the listeners what you do? How do you break that down? I'm a goddess of all things. I was oh. nicknamed that by Sun FM. They called when I was on the radio with them <laughs> one time. And I, I like that. So I work in metaphysics. I'm a, I'm a consultant. Um, I help people change their lives each and every day. Simple little ways. So I work with a few categories in metaphysics. And that's basically working with chi. So chi is life's breath. Chi is what you can't see. It's the intangible. It's what makes our bodies alive. It's it's all around us. So I work with feng shui. Feng shui is the physical realm. So it's buildings, it's homes, it's businesses, it's the actual four walls and the actions that go on in those four walls. Astrology is actually Chinese astrology called bata. Bata is all about, so similar to Western astrology that deals with the months, your Aries, your Gemini, your all these things. Chinese astrology is to do with the 12 animals. So you're born year of a monkey, a month of a rat, and all these different things. And they're, they're all layers and pictures. And I'm able to decipher that picture and help people understand how to work to their strengths. So Chinese astrology is all about understanding who you are so you can work to your strengths. Because people might be for example, so I often meet people and they're, they're like, they're an accountant or, or something. And I'm like, but they're not happy. And I'll say, well, then why are you an accountant? Well, I went to school. I spent a lot of money. I trained at it and I'm good at it. Okay. What else are you good at? Well, no, that's just what I have to do. And I'm like, nope. So I help them undercover the other talents so they can make their life happier uh, by blending what they're naturally good at 
with what, you know, sometimes you have to do something to pay the bills. But as you go along in life, you hopefully can work with your strengths and have a happier life and still pay those bills. So a Chinese astrology helps people understand who they are. That's the thing I get asked for the most. Feng Shui is actually important to do it together because someone can be a real go-getter and be um, working in the right part of their career. But if the environment isn't supporting them, then they're just they're not getting ahead in their career. So the two work together. Another area I do is Chinese face reading. That is reading, and we just did a podcast on that, right? That was a lot of fun. Yeah, coming out. And uh, that one's about reading the map of the face. So it's not the expressions. It's not um, if someone gives you the look. It's all about understanding how to read what shape the nose is, what the eyes are, what the eyebrows are, and what they tell us because they tell a story. They will explain how someone what their work ethic is, if they're someone that works with their hands rather than someone that works with their brain, if they work in the morning, if they work at night. There's so many aspects to the Chinese face reading. So that's the one that people want, always want me. You know, that, That's like the party favor. I keep that one quiet because I often walk in to places and if someone knows, I do that. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me about me. They and jump I'm like, all over They yeah. jump all over me and it, it's fun sometimes. Sometimes I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, I do it for my friends, of course, but they actually don't even ask. So. Right. <laughs> well, you did it for us. They the don't, first they don't time. have a choice. They just it yeah. just happens. I just kind of roll right over them. Actually, I was going to say we didn't have a choice. There was, nope. Well, you you ask though. I like, did. It's like, is this okay? Is it okay if I? Do? You're not just and aimlessly ever, judging yeah. people. No, and no. If you ever meet Sam and you don't want her to read your face, then wear a hat. Exactly. <laughs> it's na- it's a natural shield. You First know? time I met David, he was wearing a hat and you had your head tilted down. I could not see your eyes, your eyebrows, your forehead or your hairline. So I was only getting half of his face and I was trying to read it. It's a strategy. It was very, yes. <laughs> Good one too. It worked. <laughs> so I work with those three things. And then there's also other layers as well. There's different types of feng shui. Feng shui is, is like I said, it's to do with the building. But there are other layers that are called shuang kuang da gua, shuang kuang Feizing, and they're higher levels, and I'm trained in those. So I can help corporations and businesses understand how to lay out their business for success, where their accounting department should be, where their um, reception should be, things like that, which really helps. And it's right. quite simple and strategic. Then I also do something called Chiman Dunja. Chiman Dunja is something I don't offer very many clients. It's a very unique tool. It's okay. a way of understanding the energy at any given time and understanding what the probability of the events will be in an outcome. So it's working out an outcome. It's all to do with strategies. So for example, I work a lot with a couple of businesses and they will come and say, right, here's our forecast for next year. We're looking at expanding into um, podcasts and we're <laughs> looking at expanding into uh, the, the, the states or should we go back east in Canada or what should we do? And I can pull a Chimandanjar chart and that's something I use software for. It's not in my head, but I can read it. And then I can say, actually, this is the time to go to go north. You need to go north or you need to go south. This is where you need to go. That's where you're going to have you have more success and make better connections. So people, companies like that, I, it's not really so useful to the everyday person. Right. It's more useful for the companies. And Chiman, I keep for specific clients. It's actually very difficult. And I'm just going to be honest there. I can do everything else really, really well. Chiman is tough. Right, it takes a little bit more of a calculated process or? You've got to know how to read the chart. So the software will print out a chart. It's like a tic-tac-toe box and it has all these words in it. And you have to learn how to read it. And it can read wrong easily if you don't know what you're doing. So it's not something 
it's it's kind of like the university. Like if you're studying metaphysics, you might learn feng shui first at a base level. Right. Then you might learn a little bit of Chinese astrology, and then you really got to get those down. You don't enter Chimun Dunja until you're at the top. So it's a tough one. Does what you do, like um, these different thing, like services that you offer, do, does one uh, kind of intersect into another one at times? Like, do you do two or three at once, or is yes. it like one type of service? No, they blend. To the other? They blend. Okay. So the, the the feng shui and the astrology really work together because when someone comes forward and says, well, "I need some help in my life," I I want to. Uh, improve my life. You know, we're not, right. we make money, but we're not really making enough. We, we constantly seem to argue. Maybe it's a married couple. So I'll look at the feng shui of their home and I'll look at their bata, their astrology, because the feng shui will give me the foundation. What's, what are the opportunities they're getting? Their bata chart will tell me how they're going to act on those opportunities, or maybe they're not. But right. what, I, what I need to do at the home is I need to make sure the environment is solid, get everyone sleeping in the right direction, using the right part of the house and understanding what the house will do then it supports their astrology and things just get easier. The biggest thing I find when I work with people is after we've done the feng shui and the astrology, they'll come back a short time later and say, oh my God, it just makes sense. It's logical. It, right. it just, it should feel right because all I'm doing is I'm tweaking things so that you're more comfortable. That's all I'm doing, making you more comfortable. And then when you're more comfortable, you're going to naturally pay, play to your strengths. Whereas when you're uncomfortable and, you know, we're sitting on chairs right now, but if, the, if they were wobbly, we, we'd, we'd keep shifting, right? And that would affect our conversation because we would be distracted. So if there's something wrong in the house that's distracting the people, they can't work to their strengths and it will play out in their life somehow. So those two always go hand in hand. Once those are in play, people generally want face reading. It's a bit more fun, but actually I prefer to use my face reading for businesses when I'm looking at employees because employees don't give their birth date. Um, so unless I find it on social media, I don't know their Bartzer chart because I must have a birth date for that. But I can look at the face and analyze quite a few things from that and just help the employee by saying, this person's really good at this. They're going to need some help here. So are you prepared to hold their hand? Mm. And if you're not, then you can't hire this person because they're going to need you to coach them all the way through that. Does that become useful in like job interviews and yes, things like that? Yes, that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, job Do you interviews. ever get someone that brings you in for the actual job interview? Yeah. Um, or is it more yes, like... Yes, but I'm usually secretly there and they don't know who I am. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Ninja. That's why there's no... This is our head of HR. Yeah, that's why... <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> no, they don't even usually get to meet me. It's all silent because if they've met me, um, say I've, if I'm in a board, say I'm interviewing you, David, or and when I'm, I'm with Shelby and some other, and Clinton's with us and three of us, you're going to look at all three of us and you're watching us. I need to be able to watch you without you watching me. So I'm usually around somewhere in a um, subservient position or in a position that's just not, you've, you've mm. not even paid attention to. I'm the person that brings the water in. I'm the person that met you at the door maybe um, so I can watch you because I need to be able to watch you without boring a hole in you that you, uh, you know, uh, get, gets you nervous. You need to impress them. Yeah, or, or just that I need you to be comfortable. Yeah. Right? I don't want to make people uncomfortable. So that's very, very helpful. And then usually, and sometimes I'll be texting with the people in the interview saying, ask them this, ask them that. I need you to push this button because I think this is how they're going to react. And sometimes it's just afterwards, it will just be, we'll convene and, and, I'll, and they've had their panel interview and I'll say, right, here's my, here's my pros and cons list or here's my areas I've noticed. So, and then they just layer. So I don't supersede interview skills from a company. I'm something they add in, right? I'm just another, another tool.
And usually um, the feedback has always been that it's been on track with what they're thinking and maybe a couple of things from left field. And rarely do I put my thumbs down for someone. Only once have I done that. And I was very adamant about it. And, and luckily they had an uneasy feeling and I'm just like, no, you have to walk away from this one for sure. Do, and so there's a lot of trust involved in this process. Do you get yes. a lot of people that will bring you on and then kind of buck the system from there? It's like, okay, well, I brought Sam in as the expert, but I think some people are inherently bad judges of other certain people, right? We can only see so far, we can only see often what we want to see in people. Mm -hmm. And that is especially true in a thing like a job interview where you're trying to give away the best of yourself. Well, what about the negatives of yourself? Like, do we think about that as much? So do you get people that have brought you on and, and you tell them, look, I don't think this is a good fit or I think this is a good fit. And they're like, eh, I don't know. And like, how does that work? How do you build that trust to make your influence found? Um, so far, hasn't been an issue. So far, okay. we've never been apart. So far, every time I've come in and said, the, the one time I said, look, I'm really, we have to be quick on this. No, 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 no. They were already like, and all of a sudden, they all kind of went, oh, you know, you know, it wasn't really feeling good. And I wondered about that. So all I do is I say what everyone's thinking. So you could say I have no filter, but I do have a filter because when I'm doing the interview things, I'm very positive. That person's already nervous enough. They're already sitting there. This could be really important, this interview, right? And they might completely muck it up, right? They completely spilt coffee on their shirt as they were coming to the interview. Maybe they dropped off kids at daycare and they're running late. Everything could have gone against them. They walk in the door. There's a panel there. They go to pieces, but they're really good. So that's where my influence will come in really handy because I'll say, look, she doesn't do well in the spotlight, but you're hiring her to sit in this back back position. So she's going to be fine. But in a panel, she's going to fall apart. She, she can't multitask, but she can certainly do the tasks you've got that you've said you've identified you want. She can absolutely do them. But in, a, in an interview, she's she fell apart. It's like someone so, in university that is otherwise a brilliant student that just bombs yeah. tests. Exactly, exactly. The resume can be brilliant. You can have it professionally done. You can be clever with words. You can say all the right things. Then you make it to the interview. Maybe you're good at bluffing. Mm. Um, hard to bluff a Chinese face reader. You know, we can be taken in at first, but after all, and that's where the relaxed part comes in. I've got to be able to just be relaxed and be able to watch. And they'll give themselves away. And some of it is body language too, North American. You know, I watch what they're doing, how many times they're touching the nose, if they're shifting, what they're doing who their feet are pointing towards. There's all there's so many giveaways that are North American as well. So I just add them in the layers. It's very multi-layered. It's really, it's really interesting. And I, I definitely, I think we should probably take it back a certain amount because it, to be honest, when I first heard about you and we started working together, I mm -hmm. think about um, Chinese astrology. And I'm looking yes. at, um, I still can't pronounce it, feng, feng shui? Feng oh, shui? the Chinese astrology, yes. butter. No, the the, the oh, feng shui. Feng shui. David knows feng how to shui. pronounce it. He practiced it. He did practice. He did it. bok choy, feng shui. So feng shui. so f e n g feng. So like a u. Yeah. And shui s h u i, but pronounced s h o y. Shui. Oh, that's gonna make yeah. it easier. Feng shui. So okay. bok, bok choy, feng shui. Feng yeah. shui. Okay. And it doesn't really so, matter in when, some respects. Right. Right. I appreciate that. When I hear about that, what it conjures up for me is going out to a Chinese buffet as a kid and seeing the fact that I'm a monkey on the year chart. Oh, the placemats. I know. Okay, well, I, I had no idea that this went into the business realm and how useful it can actually be. And um, 
I think you can probably add to goddess of all things, the intuitive <laughs> goddess of all yes. things, because yes. there, it seems like there is a certain amount of intuition um, there. And and so I kind of want to bring it back. Like how how did you get into this? Like where did it all begin? So like what kind of student were you in elementary, high school? A good student, but a rebellious one too. So uh, back in back, only a few years ago when I was school age, um, just want to put that out hmm. there. I was actually a very good student. I was always very careful at school. But, you know, typical British uniform. You can, you know, had my little socks and my little patent shoes and my blue and white navy uniform and the whole thing. Um, I loved school. I had a difficult bit of a childhood, so school was a bit of a nice refuge. So I, I liked school. I wanted to be a good student. Um, wasn't above average, just smart, but not super. I mean, my right. kids have way blown past me. But I was very interested in learning and didn't have as many opportunities as I wanted. So I was just curious. So anyway, left England at an early age to be a nanny over here in when Canada. When was that? When did you leave 18, England? 18. I just come out of school at 16. Okay. And I left at 18. Gotcha. So just a few years ago. Just going to point that out. Yeah, just a few short years. <laughs> absolutely. But So I came over as a British nanny and had a wonderful time um, looking after some wonderful small children. Was it shown some many wonderful things about life working for some people in unique industries and that was great so that went on for quite a while met my husband in vancouver and we moved to vancouver island and i knew that i wanted to raise my own children um rather than a nanny situation i meant because right, I'd, right. I'd been the nanny and it was wonderful and i was so pleased to have done that and i got to travel lots but i felt that i was there for very important days that i didn't want to miss when I was a mum. So I basically took about 15 years off with my children and, and love that. But during that time, as they got older, I became very involved in their activities, as parents do. And I often found, you know, I was girl guides, all sorts of different groups and all sorts of things. I was the girl guide cookie diva. Did you know that? No. Yes. That was my nickname, the cookie diva. The cookie diva. I ran the cookie. I, I ran the cookies man in Vernon. So... <laughs> You want stuff? I got stuff for you. She's got the stuff. <laughs> I do. We used to have like thousands of cookies in our house. And we, we used to kill my husband, right? Because he couldn't have any of them. So Where did you get all the cookies? Girl guides. Uh, they would be shipped into uh, my house. She was, yeah. she, was the, she was the momager. Yeah, I, I was the distributor for girl You were the central distributor. I was. <laughs> she was I the brains it. behind the operation. I loved it. But so whether it was girl guides or the things I was doing at the school with the children, as you do, I started noticing that I would meet these really great people, other mums, other people that were smart uh, at what they do, but the organization they were in, it wasn't, it wasn't running right. There was infighting, there was gossip, there was bitchiness, there was not getting grants. And I couldn't understand why these people were smart. They did the, applied for the grant, never got it. This argument would happen. It always was this undercurrent, you know, that things were negative. And I thought, if it's not the people, then what is it? Right. And it occurred to me, I'm sitting there one day and I sort of just looking around the room at the walls and I thought, well, it has to be the environment then. If it's not the people, what turns the situation negative? It has to be the environment. And to me, I've got a very logical mind and I just thought, well, when it rains, if you go outside, you get wet. So you don't go outside, you don't get wet. If it's sunny, you spend too much time in the sun, you get a sunburn. So you don't want that. You don't spend so much time in the sun. You are aware of your environment and you make choices according to that environment that protect you. You learn to work with it. Mm -hmm. So I then started reading some books because so, someone, I think someone said or feng shui for dummies or something. So I read that and not knocking the book, don't sue me, but yeah, no, don't read the book. 
And because I, I, I read it and I thought, this is great, this is great. And all of a sudden I could see, no, this isn't great. No, this isn't great. It can't be that. That, that logical thread is just gone. The, there's no formula here. It's this one size fits all. That If your house faces north, this is that. If it faces east. And I thought, well, it can't because I'm sitting here looking at two gentlemen in front of me. You're different body shapes. You're different heights. You're different people. But you're both guys but you can't wear the same shirt, the same shoe, because you're different. So I thought, no, the environments can't be one size fits all. They're, they're different. So then I was lucky enough I'd, um, to run into someone that I'd seen in the newspaper, Teresa Wang, and she is a master in metaphysics, many, many, many layers. And I walked up to her and said, um, I'm interested to learn about what you do. May I take you for coffee? And she said, great, I, I'd love to go for a coffee. So lucky me. So we, we got to go out and we sat and talked. And I said, look, I'd like to learn. I've read this book here. And she laughed. And she said, actually, there's a book you should read. It's a very good book. And I'm going to say it, but it sounds awful. It's called The Idiot's Guide to Feng Shui. <laughs> but it's by Joseph Yu and, uh, oh, I've forgotten the other name. But just look for the name Joseph Yu attached to that title. It's actually a great beginner book. It breaks it down very simply. So off I went and Read, got the book and read the book and thought, this makes sense. This, this makes sense. And I went back to her and said, well, what can I do? I'd like to learn this. And she said, well, I'm looking for a, someone to mentor. So we started a mentorship. And I did many courses with her. And I was really lucky because I got to stay with her for a few years. I, you know, as I began my business, I would take my consults to her. So I would do them and I'd say, okay, this is, I, can you check my work? And that was invaluable because that allowed me to go really fast in my comprehension. I was already getting it. I have a very intuitive side. You asked, right. you mentioned that Absolutely. earlier. So book smart is one thing. I know many colleagues that are very book smart in metaphysics and feng shui, but they don't have the same success I have. And it's because they can't always interpret the information. They look at the book and say, well, the book says. So it's too hard and fast sometimes. It's sometimes. like it's too black and white to them. Yeah. And that's that's a problem. Yeah. You have to learn formulas. You have to learn. You have to have your, your head together. You do have to sort of be a bit smart. It's to, not just you know, chaos. To learn it. Right? No, it's not chaos. You have to learn formulas. You have to learn rules. And then once you've learned them, you have to learn how to break them. Well, maybe not break them, <laughs> bend them. You have to learn how to bring them to life. What I say to someone is there's words on a page if you're good at what I do, you bring those words to life. Like I will look at, like someone didn't understand one day. I said, well, they said, how do you do what you do? And I had a floor plan and it had the feng shui chart on it, which just means it had a bunch of numbers on it, a formula. Right. And I said, well, look, I can look at this and I will sit and look at it for a while. And it's like the numbers start to lift and I start to see pictures and I can't explain it. And it just, it, it talks to me. She goes, it talks to you? And I said, no, no, I don't see dead people. No one's talking to me. That's not what I mean. But it, it resonates with me. And it's connecting on a level that even I don't, even I don't get. Right? So I think someone who's intuitive can have an easier go with the metaphysics because you can put it together. But I know some colleagues who are very straight-laced and they're not intuitive. We call it direct resource. When you have direct resource in your Batsa chart, your astrology chart, you're very book smart and you're very rules. When you have someone like myself, I'm full of something called indirect resource, which is oft, often the school of hard knocks. So learning things the hard way, but you learn them by golly. Uh, you have to learn them yourself and you learn them through trial and error. So there's learning something from a book and there's learning from trying. I'm the, I'm the one that learns the hard way and I try. The good thing about that is my clients, I can say to them, oh, no, 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 been here before, done this, seen this. We need to do it this way because I've, I've tried it. And I've tried it on my own family. 
to their chagrin. <laughs> right, right. So I want to get into this later, especially. I mean, we're going to, I'd love to get further into where you've um, kind of the current area that you're in now and, and how mm-hmm. your business is transformed. I think it's important to touch on um, kind of a, a healthy skepticism. So was there a skepticism for you when you started down this road? Was it sort of like you didn't quite know what world you were venturing into? And was oh, there like an yes. aha moment where it was like, oh my God, the proof is in the pudding right there? Yes. So you, um, yes, 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 yes. Because people, lo- words, yeah. you know, listening, yeah. I mean, any, any viewpoint, whether political, social, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be someone who completely agrees or someone who completely disagrees, right? That's just healthy discourse. So obviously there's people that are skeptics of this. For you, what Mm -hmm. was that aha moment, if you can remember, or a collection of them? I I can. Well, before, I have to back up before the aha moment though. So when I I first began, so, you know, I met met Teresa and I started studying and that was in 2010 and and my business took off very quickly. So I was very lucky. But at the time I was working at the um, Royal Bank because that's my history as banking. And I was scared to leave my daytime job and put this as a full-time job. And even my husband was very supportive, uh, but at the time was sort of saying, oh, well, this feng shui thing, I think it's a great hobby. Uh. It's a great hobby for her, you know. And and he loves me dearly, but I think think he even thought, like, it's just a great hobby, and I'm going to support her because she seems to be good at it, but it's a hobby. And banking's where it's at. And I was like, well, steady income, (laughs) proven income, the whole thing, right? And people understand it. Where do you work? I work at the bank. Oh, where do you work? I work in metaphysics. Oh, what, okay. What is, what is that? that? Yeah. yeah, what is that? You, you, have, you have a job? <laughs> so I was nervous to leave. You know, I did my training and I was feeling pretty good, but I was still balancing the Royal Bank and, and trying to do clients on the side. And and it was Teresa who sort of took me aside and looked at my birth chart. And she said, you have to jump in. She said, I've, I've taught other students before, but you actually need to jump in. You need to have a leap of faith. You can do this. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. But I, I was fortunate because my husband's working. So we had the major bills covered, right? So I was in a very fortunate position. Mm-hmm. So I made the, you know, went home to Rick and said, look, I really want to give this a go. This is where, I, this is what the income is so far. And this is where I think it could go. But I have more things to learn. That was still only in the first year. And he was great. And he said, no, I think this is great. Go for it. Because he it's could also supportive. see, very, well, he could also see that working in the bank, I wasn't always there when he would come home from work and I wasn't there. I was at work. Whereas if I did my own thing, I could plan it so we can, together when he's home because he works away a lot. And then, so that it made sense. So he was interested in that. So I'd be, you know, jumped in with both feet and hit the floor running. So got lots of, because my, my uh, as you've guessed, because my persona is quite light and funny, I attracted clients to me because some right. people were nervous of it. Um, you know, what is this Asian thing? And I'm not Asian. So they were, oh, well, if she can do it, and if she did, I'll, do, I'll go to her. I'll go to talk right. to Sam. Asian clients sometimes want to go to Teresa or someone who's Asian. Oh, but Caucasian okay. clients like to come to me because they feel like I can talk their language. And I don't mean actual words. I just mean their comprehension, you know? Interesting. So that was good. The aha moment was interesting because through my um, teaching, through my, sorry, through my education, I had to do my own home, of course. So I would, I had to do my own home and then Teresa would come in and she'd walk around and she would sort of vet what I'd done correctly and what I had missed. And just before this had all happened, I had 
changed the front door of our house, not knowing anything about feng shui. It was it was a nice bright red, just happened to be because I liked red oh, one so year. Oh, there was no like calculated part no, of that. No, this was right when I was beginning to learn. I, I just thought, oh, I'm going to have a red front door. Because I want red. a red yeah. front door. Rick was doing really well at work. Um, I was doing well at the bank. Things were fine. Okay. But just before I met Teresa, I had this whim that, oh, I'm going to have a black front door because shiny black. I, I think I'd been in England and I'd been up in London with these lovely row houses with all these black doors. And I thought, oh, I think I should have one of those. Painted the door black. And there are many other factors that come into play. But shortly after that, my husband lost his job very unexpectedly. And he was the top. He was top in his field at the time. And it was to do with a big corporate restructure. But he was one of the people out of I think 200 that were let go. Big shock. We did not expect it. It was kind of like, oh, my God. We took that big step back and think, oh. So I knew nothing about feng shui at this point. But he, you know, we decided we'd take time off. He took a year away to, to sort of think, get his head together. And I just kept going. But this is when I was studying with Teresa. So when she came to the house and she says, well, when did you, have you always had a black door? And I said, no, no, I just painted it last year. Actually, don't you like it? And she goes, no. And I'm like, oh. Get rid of it. Yeah, she's like, no, you need to paint it red. I'm like, are you kidding me? It was red before. And she's <laughs> like, well, you, this is what you've done. And I had activated, now I should say a disclaimer here, feng shui is not about a painted door. But at my front door was something very important. And the black and what I had done and when I had done it activated something called Rob Wealth. And the person who had the most wealth in the house was my husband. And it was most certainly robbed. So we lost that. So. Those no, you know, I know. So I actually, first thing I did, can of red paint, back it went. And shortly after, he did get a job again. Now, anyone listening is going to say, oh, please. Just a coincidence. It's a coincidence. Yeah. Sure. There were probably some coincidences in there. I'm not going to try and discount that. But there were other things. There were things to do with my daughter's teeth. There were so many factors that I learned firsthand. Simple tweaks, using the rooms differently, moving her bed, moving our bed changed everything. So I learned firsthand. So that was the aha moment was the fact that uh, I don't even think I told Rick that it was my fault he lost his job. So I'm hoping he's not listening right now. Because <laughs> my fault. I think you've turned it around in yeah. time, though. So I think we're okay. I think we're okay. You'll be just fine. So the aha moment because I was very like, seriously, a can of paint can do that or this. Can I saw firsthand how it changed my family. I saw in our home where there were areas where, I saw in our home where the money was, so I activated it. I saw in our home where areas of confusion were, and we stopped sitting there at night watching a movie eating chips because we ate all the chips and more. So expand more. on some of these things, because uh, I, I like yeah. the specificity of it, right? Well, most people are looking for prosperity in the feng shui. They're looking for where the money is. Show me the money. But really, the money is prosperity. So in a home, you will have different types of energies, but I'm going to pull it out further away from that. I want you to think of your home as a meeting place for a bunch of people. I'm not talking about you and your family. I'm talking about energy. I want you to think of these energies as people. And think of, we all know the directions, north, east, southwest. Okay, and there's northeast, southeast, southwest, northwest. So there's eight directions. So there's eight people that come, one comes from each direction. So eight people come to your house and they're in the house and they actually govern the, what goes on in that house. We're just visiting in the house. They actually set the tone. They set the rules. So, the so this is the energy. Is set. The environment sets. The environment. Yes. So when I come along, or when a house is built, we look at where it's facing. So usually that's the front door, unless it's a lake or an oceanfront property. That can be different and apartments. But let's just 
stick with a plain regular house on a street. Usually that front door is the facing, so we'll come along and we'll take a degree. Just like a compass, regular, regular compass, that degree will tell me exactly where the house is facing. And then that facing ignites a formula that helps me understand where those eight people are. Those eight people, one is in charge of money, one's in charge of health, one's in charge of relationships, one's um, all to do with the children, one's to do with intimacy. They, they all have a job to do. And I can find out where they are in the house. And then I can also look to see, is that, are they supported? Now, there's also troublemakers. There's ones that want to help you spend your money. There's ones mm. that want to break up your marriage. There are ones that want to help you overeat and get unhealthy. So there's always two sides to everything. So like a sibling or a parent. <laughs> well, I just I'm thinking yeah. of all these like energies that are yeah. personified where mm -hmm. it's like it starts out as a party and then, you know, over time eventually people just naturally split off and some people are like Oh, let's light fireworks in the backyard. That's exactly We don't really have a it. big backyard. Is yeah. this a good idea? And all yeah. these like different things. So Well, that's exactly it. So so when you've got these eight people there, it's really like a boardroom. One of in a boardroom, someone's running the meeting. Someone's the chairperson, someone's in charge. So each house will have a person that needs to be in charge and it's called I don't know if I want to say it, it's called there'll be a different person in charge over different periods of time. But right now, the person who's in charge is a young boy. But anyway, so he goes in. I shouldn't say that. The person who's in charge is just can be different, but they need to chair the meeting. If the right person chairs the meeting, everyone else does their job properly. If that person's missing, they're not there chairing the meeting, just like you said with the fireworks. Okay. Then, you know, when the cat's away, the mice will play or whatever. I don't know if I've got that right, actually, but you know what sounds, I'm saying? Sounds right. It's something it like that. It rhymes, it makes sense. I yeah. know. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. So... It's, you've got to have someone in charge. The energy has to be held accountable and it has to be organized. So these board members, they're there working. So what we, all I do is I go in and find out where they are and what they're doing and is are they under the right, not control, influence. Are they doing their job correctly? So I just come in and make everyone pay attention because I can see where they are. You, no offense, but you can't see where they are. There's no way. You can go online. You can try and read things. It's very difficult to work out the chart and it can be wrong it can go wrong very, very quickly. So one of my businesses was all about information on things like this because I, I would go to homes and people would say, well, I painted the kitchen green. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Why? Because it's in the east. Right. And that's because. And what it is is they'd read somewhere that the east is to do with this energy called number three and that it's green, so we should paint it green. So they got this little tiny piece of information and ran with it. Oh, and like, so the, well, and they I'm haven't like, considered everything. No, and then I'm like, okay, have you had some back injury? You know, have you had sore back lately? Have you had this happen? Yeah, okay, let's just change that. So paint isn't feng shui, but paint is a mediator. Paint is a way to mediate influence. It's like saying, I want to look slimmer, so I'm going to wear a black long dress because it will make me look slimmer. I am still the same size, but I can be seen a little differently with that color. Feng shui is the same. Those energies are there. They will, they will react to a color. The color will not override them, but they will react. So sometimes we use color to bring something out in a positive way. Sometimes we use it to push it back. Ultimately, the board member, the energy, is the strongest factor, and it's there to stay. Color is just something we do to, to help. So ultimately, I want to build a house or make a house so the right person's in charge. Everything else is falls smoothly. Then the house can be any color you want. Have you um, worked with developers at all? Yes. That, that's interesting. That'd be really interesting to be able to help design 
the houses based it on energy. It makes a big difference because when it comes to a development, it's a case of looking at where where the roads should go and where the sales center should go and then just laying out the houses. You can't make every house perfect in a development, but well, you can make the, the but you can not. make the entry to it good so that right. people come in and they pick up that good energy and they work with the whole thing positively. Right, and right. then building a home, like a great example, I was just talking to my friend Kirsty. We built her, hers was the most recent home, and it was on a cul-de-sac and the builder had set it um, in a way that it just seemed sensible to him, parallel to one part of the road. But this is a cul-de-sac, so it's not a straight side. So I went in and said, okay, I'm going to mark where the house needs to go. Got my can of spray paint out, marked it, the whole thing. And he was great, the builder. And he came back and he stood and he said, oh, my God. He said, that's actually way better. I turned it literally 15 degrees. But I turned it 15 degrees so that when we built the house, it would have the energy chart that was most positive for those people. Interesting. And they did really well. And it looked, and then once it was up, he said, it looks better. And I said, yes. I said, if you'd done it the other way, of course it, actually, it looks better. Yeah, it, but if you'd done it the other way, it would have actually looked wrong. But it seemed logical to do it that way. But if we can, I love working with houses from the ground up, but mostly I'm working with houses that are built. So that's where color comes in. We're mediating. So that's where functional color comes in. It's mediating. So it's like putting on a jacket, putting on something. But if we can define the shape beforehand, it's even better. Well, too many developers are just looking at the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So it's especially with things like townhomes, apartments. It's, okay, I've got this land. It's zoned for this. How many units can I stuff into this yeah. while still keeping a profit margin and keeping it to whatever the market needs, right? So I don't, I don't think there's a, a whole lot of thought other than that. There's obviously design principles and things like that, but I, I don't know. I, I doubt many of them work with these types of services to it's, help that along. It's such a simple th thing to do at the beginning. Right. It's like sitting, it's like we came into this booth tonight, you've got three microphones, okay? You took a moment to set up the microphones, set up the chairs so that everyone could sit and talk. And be, so you made sure the flow was correct. That's all I'm doing in a development. Mm -hmm. But a developer is looking at the bottom line, right? They're looking at the numbers. Nothing wrong with making money. No. Nothing wrong with that. You just got to blend the two because it will save the money in the long term. Like I'm not going to mention names, but there's a big development here in Vernon that hasn't done very well and it's struggled for many, many, many years and their feng shui is wrong. Mm. Simple as that. There's another development, I may live there, that uh, has done much better. Now it struggled for a time, but it's doing much better now because the landforms are good. Right. So it, honestly, it, a little bit of attention at the very beginning saves thousands later on. It's really interesting. It's interesting. Um, so you had this moment, this aha moment, mm -hmm. and you're climbing along, making sure that you can get your feet under you. Obviously, your husband got a job a year later, you had said? Well, we sort of decided he'd take a year off. Okay. So he took a year off just to sort of, it was, it was a big shock. We were, we were not expecting that to happen. Right. So he took some time and he got into cycling and he just made sure he was mentally healthy right. and ready for this. And then, yeah, he's working fine. He's great. Well, that's strong. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's really important to be able to do that, especially yeah. at a time when he was probably inherently pressured to look Oh. I'm I'm right now the breadwinner while you're making sure that you can get this off the ground. He must have been freaking out a little bit at the beginning. Totally, totally. And we had two young children in swim club and all the things. Yeah, and we literally had to literally cut everything off cold turkey and just say, right, we had to pull away from everything mm. and not be involved in anything. And it was such a lovely 
there was a part of it that was a lovely experience because we pulled back and simplified our life. And that was another thing that helped me get my business going because I realized life was just too crazy before. We were scheduled. We were running swim club, girl guides, scouts. We were all over the place. Once you pull off because you can't afford to do those things, you really take a deep breath and have a look around you. And a lot of the organizations came forward and said, don't worry about it. Keep your kids in swim club. Keep your kids here. We you know, we know because we always volunteer with everything. We'll support you through this. And we actually declined and we said, no, we want you to make sure the families that are in financial need get that help. We don't consider ourselves. We're having a tough year maybe, but we're not in financial need. So we didn't. We just said, no, we're just going to take a break. And we pulled back completely. It was the best thing because it's almost like we centered and we regrounded and we built stronger from there. And that's when I realized we thought it was the worst thing that happened the day he phoned me and said, can you come get me? Wasn't. We're healthy. We have two great children. We're in a happy marriage. We're great. Way bigger problems happen to people. So it was a very, that was a big aha moment. So the red door was kind of funny, but the aha moment was what's important in life. Um, And that's when I knew I needed to help other people. I looked around and thought, well, we're okay. We're not millionaires, but we're fine. And we're capable to make, make an income. Other families are just fighting. They're, they're just walking through sludge, trying to get ahead, trying to get the food on the table. And I thought, I want to change that. I want, I want to help with that. So of course, as a business, I want to make money. Right. Every client I come, I always make sure there's a deposit because I want to set the tone. But if I go to their house and they don't have access to wealth and I can't even activate it because it's not there. That board member never got the memo. He's just not there in that house. I'm not, I'm going to do everything I can to help them and I'm not going to finish charging them, right? Because it's not the right thing to do. So when we learn metaphysics from a good teacher like I did and from other teachers I've had as well, we're taught to do the right thing, to, to always give, to always give. If you, what you, what you give out is what you get back. Now, as a young, anyone listening out there who's a young entrepreneur is thinking, well, no, I don't have any money and I've got to make money. You will make money and you should make money and it's good to charge for what you're doing. But just trust and focus on the positive and keep keep going, small steps, right. keep going. So what was the point where your business became uh, really sustainable to the point where you felt, I mean, I don't think we ever want to get to the point in our businesses where we're sitting back and we're comfortable and we're just, you know, coasting and cruising and thinking, you know, a business is never really on autopilot as much as we would perhaps, uh, you know, subconsciously want it to, but was there a point where you were like, oh, wow. Okay. That like, I can, I can do this and and I can be very successful at this. How did it transform from there? I think there were two points. I was very lucky. Everyone sort of drilled it into me, you know, three to five years, three years before you're turning, before you're breaking even five years before you're making money. So I had that in my mind and I thought, okay, I'm okay. Rick is working. I can do this. I can build my business. I was actually up and running within the first year. Wow. Fully. Yeah, I know. Shocking. And I was charging like $50 for a consult. And if you knew how much my consults were now, people are thinking, damn, I wish I'd hired them. I know, right? <laughs> they but, missed uh, the boat. Literally, yeah. I started off uh, just doing it like that. So I had one aha moment pretty early on where I knew I could do it, but I also knew I had to study a lot. So then I spent the next few years making money, but everything, and I know you can relate to this, David. David, everything going back in the business. Everything, every money I made had to go back in. I was constantly training. The minute I did finish one training, I was doing more training. Then I would upgrade my hardware. Then, you know, so it was a lot of money going back into the business. So the bigger aha moment came literally about a year ago when I was able to look at our life before we moved and say, right, my business is great, but if I want to take it to the next level, 
I had to use all the skills that I have and know that we now need to move. So we had a house that was great for making money, but we need to move if I now want to work less and make more. And mm. I set us up differently. I, I got a different board of directors in my house now that help me make money, but they help me make more by doing less, if that makes sense. Yeah, Which is yeah. what we're all aiming for. Well, right? you're making, you're prioritizing the things that are important to you. I think that's an important transition yeah. in anyone's life. Uh, because what's more important to me now is, is spending time with Rick when he's home. Like when he works away, he's working. So when he's home, I want to be there, skiing, walking, having tea and toast, whatever it is. And that becomes became more important to me, and I, I can do that now. So I actually am not striving to be a multimillionaire. I'm not striving. I'm actually just striving to have a happy life, and I've got it. So I'm quite happy with the workload I've got. I could work more and I could make more, but I don't really want to. So I'm in a fortunate position awesome. where I sort of work with the clients I want to. and But I'm a bit of a doer, so I will start doing more public speaking. And I want to do more events where I share information so people fundraisers for things, and then I can just share information. Information nights that fundraise for the community. That's what I want to do more of because I like to share information. Well, and you're inherently staying rebellious in a way. I'm all, ah, yes. We, we missed that bit. We'll have to go back to that bit. I've well, there's a, there's a really rebellious aspect to that because, I mean, David, you're you're the networker of, of the two of us, or I guess the three of us with Clinton involved. There's a lot of people in those networking meetings where it's it, it seems like, wealth it's business it's business like how do i further myself and it's about the hustle and all this stuff how many people do you see really taking the time to plan like what's the most important thing i mean it really like i guess it uh, it depends what room you're in i mean obviously you go to a conference that's about business and growth you're going to see those those hustlers more than you're going to see um the ones who have it's, it's funny you actually brought up the fact that you can work more, you can make more, but you just focus on maintaining a happy life. Mm -hmm. um, that's a conversation I just recently had with my dad as well, how he can easily get promoted and work up in his company, but they just hired two other people to do two thirds of the job that he was doing before. And now he's doing one third of it and making the same amount of money. Yeah. But he has more time for himself to travel, to to spend more time playing tennis, to to do the things that he likes as well. And he's, he's happy punching the rating. Yeah. He's happy Perfect. punching the clock, making yeah. what he's making to allow him to have the, the freedom. Now he's at a different point in his life, in his 50s now, where he, he can kind of see the finish line, I guess, for him. Retirement is the is the target at this point where everybody's at different points in their life. But I guess to, That's very true. to answer mm. your question, it, it really just depends on the person but if yeah if i'm if i'm generalizing you you do have a lot more hustler go-getter mindset or just general honestly general con confusion like mm -hmm. most people are just confused about what they want they don't really know they're they're trying to find it um they think that success and more money is going to make that happen or busy um, and the word busy the busy Isn't that people always love asking to be busy how are you? Oh, i'm really busy yeah i'm and i caught myself when i'm thinking you're really busy not making a lot of money. I'm actually working really long hours. I haven't sat with Spencer and read her book with her lately. Don't know what Mac's doing and haven't been out fishing with Rick. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh my God, I'm busy with all the wrong things. Yeah. So, and I think when we're younger, of course, I mean, there was a time when I would hustle a little bit more for the business, but I've learned I was chasing the wrong things. And I don't just mean happiness and money. There's nothing wrong with making money. I certainly make money and want to make money, but... I was, ch if the clients I would chase 
were never the right clients. Whereas if I just do, if I just do blogs, if I just talk, if I have podcasts, if I offer special offers or just advertise, give out information about how it helps someone or what you can do, people come to me. So I've learned that you don't, you, of course you network and you give out business cards and you talk and you have your elevator pitch. But I was too forced on that. The minute I relaxed, it was another one of those aha moments. And that happened all again about a year, 18 months ago. And I thought, I'm pushing too hard. I'm pushing too hard and I'm getting wrong people because I'm kind of persuading them to hire me or, or their friends said they should hire me, so they do. But they didn't come to me of their own fruition. So I've just relaxed a lot more, got more happy, kind of in the same realm as your dad, mm -hmm. you know, and still going to work. I've, I plan to work for the next 10 years, but it's a much happier work. Mm. I think that's I think that's a conversation that needs to be had with everybody in every career just in general i think in every the, age yeah I, yeah think, I think the conversation of of happiness just needs to be had more than what career do you want um because that is the the general goal most people you talk to i mean they'll get into a position where like you said they're making more money but they're busy with all the wrong things and they're like okay well i'm making you know i'm making 180 i'll make a hundred and eighty thousand dollars this year but I was much happier when I was making eighty. Yep. So it's like because I, I had more. This, right? I had more time, and yeah. you know, I had more time with my family. I had more time for vacations and everything. Yeah, I'm making more money now. I've got all the stuff, but the stuff becomes less and less important when you realize that time is the most valuable asset, and yeah. making sure that you can um, spend it with the people you want to spend with, spend it with, and 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 do the things that you would like to be doing. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we all do it. You walk up to someone, hi, I'm Sam, what do you do? That's we, always we, the ah, question. It comes out right it away, right? And, and I've said it myself and I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah. I was just with a friend the other day, we we're out walking and she's uh, very successful, quite famous. And she was saying, you know, when she had this other job that she had to do, she earned a lot more money, but she still only had, you know, $400 in her bank account at the end of the month. Here she is in another job, happier, got more time still got $400 in her bank account. You just adjust, you know, you make, you think you're going to make more money and be happier, but you're not, quite often you're not because you just, you're just elevate your spending level. Yeah. And, yeah, your bills get higher. Yeah, and often the, the worst thing I found is, especially in the first five years of my career, I've been doing this for almost 10, for 10 years now, is that everyone would say they were busy, but the, but the downside is they would say, oh, you're doing this full time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's my full time job. Oh, Lucky you, and I'm like, lucky me, why? And then I realized the penny dropped. They weren't, they were busy, but they weren't really making any money. So then, what? Then why? It's even worse. Then why are you busy? Why are you staying up so late? And I started to turn things around. I also got sick at one point. I worked myself into the ground, and I, and my acupuncturist basically pulled me aside and said, "That's it, you're off, mom, you're off work for three months." Wow. And I had to. I had 37 consults waiting, and I had to 37. email 37 in, in queue. 37. Wow. And I had to um, email them all. I had a friend help me. We had to email them all and just say, you know, I'm under doctor's advice. I need to take three months off. I've just, wow. I'm, I'm sorry. I've been working too hard. And everyone waited but one, one couple. So they were like, no problem. We'll just wait for you. And the person that did leave is, is good. They weren't meant for me. So no, no begrudge. I just mean they weren't the right fit. They wanted something else. Everyone waited. But I was so pat. I thought, that's it. My business is now going to fail. Yeah. And of course, 37 consults. No wonder I was sick. I, I had all this. I take that responsibility very, um, very heavily. 
And I don't ever let that happen now. So I never take on that many consults. I'm pretty upfront with people. I say, no, it's three weeks before I'll even get to, we'll have our first talk. And then we're going to go from there. And I'm quicker at turning jobs around. I'm quicker at turning things over now too. I'm very detailed though. I write these reports and most people in my industry don't. They do what's called a walk and talk. So David, say you hired me to do your house. I would come up. I would get some information from you. I would prepare. I would come up and then I'd walk around the house and I'd just talk. And it's up to you to damn well remember it. And then I leave. And if you ask me a question, usually um, someone in my position would then charge you to answer that question. And I don't agree with that. So I come up, I do the assessment, I talk, I go away, figure things out, have a few questions back and forth, write up a report, send the report back, let the person read it, and I come back and then, I, then we talk it out. Because I think people need things to reference. Because when someone like me comes into your home, we're going to see a lot of things. So even I have to think, right, I've seen 10 things I need to pick four that are relevant for them to do now. When they've done those, I might bring a few more things on the table. So it's what's the benefit of the people? What's for them? Mm-hmm. So it's right. quite different. So I'm not, I am a little bit of a, of a rebel and I did get into trouble a few years ago because I was in a school that was very Asian, great training, loved my school. Right. But I wanted to take things online. I wanted to advertise online. I wanted to put some courses online. I wanted to give information away. I said, well, why don't we show people how to do the stars on their fingers? Why don't we show people where the 12 animals are on their hands? No, because they need to pay for the course and learn that. And I'm like, well, yeah, but what are they going to do with it? I mean, it's, it's <laughs> but you can't run a business just because you know where the 12 animals are. Right. And I was kind of like, uh, and I'm a big believer that I could, each week we could meet and I could tell you something really strategic. Granted, you'd probably both make really good notes. But the average person's going to say, wow, that was really interesting. And then a few days later, it's, whew, it's gone. So it's not like I'm going to give all my information away and you can be me. Only There's only one Sam. So right. I can do what I do. So I'm quite it. happy to share information. I think people, it's more important that they know. So that got me into trouble though. And I was a teacher for that school. I'd moved very quickly and became one of their lecturers. And I actually, I, I sort of resigned from the school. They would, because they were saying, you can't be online, you can't do these things. And they didn't really like it. So I just said, you know, I'm not, I'm not the right fit for you. And the timing is off. I'm forward thinking and I'm pushing too fast. And their school was very Asian and very um, historical and wanted to do things a certain way. Not wrong. Not wrong. But super traditional. Super traditional, and I wasn't the right fit. So I've, I take accountability on that. I was not the right fit for them. So I stepped out of the school. Mm. Still my school, but I stepped out. I'm not one of the lecturers anymore. I, I just teach the courses differently on my own. So I think what I want to share with that is you've got to take accountability because everyone's going to have a story where there's a rebel part. And if you're still telling the story and saying, oh, yeah, I did this, and but it was all them – I need you to stop and think, realize that you could keep grinding that message in, but it wasn't all them. You had a part to play. And you won't grow from that either. I grew so much once I finally sat there and thought, oh, crap. Actually, I went in too fast with too many ideas so that I just looked like this wild cannon. I did. And I didn't mean to. I was trying to be helpful. But it's not how it came across. So I still know these people. I still know these masters and everything. It's all fine. But I don't teach their curriculum because I find it too traditional. But I think it was a great school. And my education is good because of that school. So I'm very happy. I really like that, though. I like the the difference in um, explanation of or your interpretation of what a rebel is. Because, I mean, um, everyone will have 
a different uh, view of what rebel conjures up in their mind. For me, it's, um, you know, someone protesting. That I used know. to be me, was you know, protesting everything that was wrong, right? But sometimes, like, you're, you're 100% right that it's very possible to rebel by just removing yourself from a situation and understanding that that was half of the battle was, was you not being in the right place. There, there is a rebellious characteristic to that because mm -hmm. I think there is, there's a, an undercurrent of conformity in this world. Um, it, just the way that it is, right. Just the way that we're all interconnected through Facebook, Instagram, there, there is a lot of conformity, even though we have an individualistic culture. Um, I, I really like that that view oh. of, well, of thanks. being a rebel. So. And you have to, well, two things about the rebel is, you, I remember you guys have been great because as we began my podcast, the business name changed twice. So it was, you kind of like, what, what's she doing now? And uh, because we, we, were evolved, we were evolving. Again? And I remember one day I had a tagline <laughs> and I said something about a rebel and you immediately said, no, no, because that conjures, you know, pro pro protesting. And I'm like, what? Why does it conjure that? Because I was thinking I don't fit the norm. Yeah. But I had to rethink that because I thought, oh, no, I don't want people to think that. And um, no, I've lost my train of thought now because I was being rebellious. But <laughs> but no, the, the rebel part is, is important. We've got, to, we've got to take accountability for actions. And it's OK. Remember I said I was a student back in when I was a child that was a very good, wanted to be a good student. I was a very goody two-shoes. I was cheeky. I was very sarcastic. It's in my nature. My teachers enjoyed that, and I knew which ones I could be sarcastic with. But I was really lucky because if a, if a van had pulled up and said, sweetie, I've got candy in the car. Do you want to come in and get some? I would have said, oh, it's an adult telling me to get in the car. I'll, I'll just get in the car. I would have done it because yeah. I was programmed to do what an adult told me to do. So it was only in my adult life, and it was going through this school when I suddenly thought, well, hang on a minute. I get that you're saying that this is the feng shui thing and this is that. And if someone's – what it really was is when I learned astrology. When I learned astrology, I took a lot of – I'm going to say it – shit for my chart. My chart has an incredible amount of fire. And everyone, everyone would read my chart and go, oh, oh, look at what Sam's got. Books, and yeah. I'd be like, what? 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 I don't know. And I didn't know, right? As I learned astrology, I kept – I thought, oh. And then I thought, well, hang on a minute. That's my spark. That's my rebel. That's my I can get on a stage and come alive. That's that's the fire. But they were like, oh, we, we must put this fire out. And I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think you can. Like, in an, So how I was taught was a little bit restrictive of your chart is a certain way. Oh, it's a bad chart. And I'm like, so you're going to tell people they're bad people then? And I was like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. What you're going to say is, okay, you're drawn to this, your chart has those characteristics. Great if you're happy, but if you don't like that in your life, these are the things to work on. These are the things to do. So that's how I became a bit of a really big rebel because I started pushing back. And I was in a conf I was in a training schedule one time, and someone was next to me, and I watched someone very proficient in our industry. Um, she was teaching something about astrology and the person next to me was getting very upset and I was sort of looking over her chart and she was younger than me as in younger in the business didn't know as much as I knew and I could see what she was looking at and it was to do with an interaction in her birth chart and she was getting teary and she kept putting her hand up and the person wasn't answering and I just leaned over I said look honestly don't worry she'll, she'll get to you in a minute it's okay and it was going on and then she finally got her hand up and the teacher came over and said kind of like Mmm, mmm, not good. Mmm, not good. And walked away. And I was like, what the? 
What just happened there? This woman dissolved. Like she literally, I could see her thing. And it was just a bunch of clashes, which mean changes in her chart, but they were all coming at once. So there was big change. Well, she was very upset and, and I didn't like how it was handled because I thought the person could have easily said, listen, I know you've just renovated your house and your kids are going to school, and but actually it looks like everything's just about to change. Kind of looks like your husband's going to get a different job and you guys are moving, which is totally not what she was thinking. Totally not. So I was upset that this person was left without help. Mm -hmm. This person was very upset. This person left the seminar. So I found them after the seminar and I said, look, let's sit down. I'm going to show you. I think I, I'm not as good as the person who was just up there teaching, but this is what I think it is. And then it was within two months that everything changed. Husband got a job offer somewhere else. They moved. I actually helped them build their new house in the new town and the whole thing. So that was where the real rebel came out because I was pissed. And it was possibly an oversight by the person, but I'd seen it in other instances too, where the focus was on there's the chart. Oh, it's not good. So they're just making well, a judgment without any Making a judgment. And the person, you can't change your birthday. You are born when you are born, right? It is what it is. So, and it was one, and that's when I looked at me and I started to grow a little bit more. I started studying, entered my spiritual studies because I realized, okay, so Sam, you've got this chart that's full of impulse, full of fire, going to rebel, going to be cheeky, going to do all these things. So put it to good use. Right. Make your blogs funny. Get on your podcasts. Well, this was a few years ago, so I didn't know you guys yet, but I started doing the blogs. Make your newsletters. My, my newsletters each month, they don't say, oh, well, the dog has come in now and there's jaw over woo and or shoe and all this stuff. I just say, look, we've got a month where things are in great fluctuation and you're going to have a, like a dog biting at your ass. So get ready to move. I put it in different terms. I figured I'll use that fire differently. And that's when everything really changed. So I was successful in the business before, but I was very busy <laughs> and not really making the money I should be making. Now I'm just myself. And that's where the evolving of the business came and where you guys came in. So you came in right when we were still changing it. And for those listening, I mean, I had Chi Solutions and Chiology Pro. Chi Solutions was, was consulting and Chiology Pro was a network for professionals and information. And I've blended the two into Chi Pro Sam. I'm a professional working in the Chi industry and my cheeky voice will be on that site that uh, will be launched by the time this is live, actually. Your so there you go. Awesome. Cheeky voice. Ah, there you oh. go. Oh, very good. That's good, actually. I didn't even think of that. I, I didn't, didn't think, think of, of that, that either. Yeah. New tagline for my business card. Sorry, there you go. Uh, how would you even? But so I've always been a little bit of... How would you spell that? <laughs> He's trying to write it down. Well, chi is like QI, right? Chi is QI. Everyone thinks it's CHI. So my first consulting company was Chi Solutions, and it's spelt C-H-I because I did it for phonetics and I did it for people Googling Chi and not knowing how to spell it. Chiology Pro was Q-I-O-L-O-G-Y Pro because Chiology is the study of Chi. Ology, the study of something, Chi is what mm. it was studying. So that was right. aimed at the pros. All we've done is combine the two. And even though Chi Pro, some people are going to be like, mm, we put my name in there as well. So... People are going to say Sam or Chi Pro. They're going to spell it wrong. We've got it all figured out that they come to the site anyway. But it's an unusual word. But I wasn't. I wanted to stay with the right spelling of Chi, and right. it was a big discussion actually with the development team because everyone said, "Well, I would go C H I. I would go C H E E. I would go C H A I." And I'm like, "Well, that's Chai T for goodness' sake. That's not even Chi. You can't do that." 
And I said, no, I have to be true to the actual core of it. It's QI. So people will either learn it or they won't. Yeah. And people, well, maybe people will go on Google. Like They'll go on Google. They'll figure it out. It takes five seconds to but find I, out. But I couldn't. I said, I can't be myself and spell it wrong. Yeah. I just can't. Even though I know it's a difficult word, I have to be Chipro. Well, it's I kind of like to. having a weird name and spelling it differently just mm. to kind of appease people. Oh, it'll be easier to read on a business mm. card. It's like, well, you, no. Just spell yeah, it the way it's that. meant to be. The, the, yeah. the big thing I believe in is the the name means shit. Like there's yeah. really, yeah. It, when it comes down to it, Nike meant nothing. Right. I could have called it Schmikey and it would have, yeah. the, the execution is what made it what it was. I was just going to say that it's all the power behind what you guys do for me, what Sproing does for me. That's what will make Chi Pro popular. Mm-hmm. People won't think, oh, love that name. They won't know what it is, but they'll say, I did that podcast. It was that Chi Pro yeah. thing. Or right? the opposite. They won't be like, oh, oh, geez, they spelt it the proper way. I think they should have spelt it this way. I'm not going to listen to this. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Well, I mean, so, there's always people like that, but I would yeah. say a very, very, very small percentage. <laughs> and it was interesting because actually it's, it's a good question to talk about because in, in development, there was one person in the team who was adamant it should be my name. The, the new website, the new businesses should blend into Samantha. But A, you can't get Samantha as a UR, as a domain. It's just gone. No matter which way we did it, it's gone. Right. And then to do Samantha Plovey, I'm like, well, it's my name, but then I'm Samantha Walker because that's where I was born. What do you do? We tried all sorts of things, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm Sam. But we couldn't have Sam either. So that's where Cheaper Sam came from. I imagine Sam would be taken. Sam is taken on every realm. Even, yeah. yeah, so that was okay. So you have to go with the flow, but it is just a name. But I had, for me, I had to have it spelled right. Yeah. And I, I, I forced that. I, I fought it because I that's, said no. That's good. I respect that you you stayed true to, to what was important to you because that's yep. the most important thing is at the end of the day is that, that you're happy because it's it's um, it's what you're – it's your brand. It's, it's what you're representing. So yeah. if you can look at it and appreciate it and be satisfied with it, that's the most important thing. And it's, it's just important that it's, you know, I've got a lot of training under my belt and a lot of experience. So I'm not someone just starting out with a funny little name. There's a lot behind that name. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's an unusual name. It doesn't matter if someone says key pro, chui pro. It doesn't matter how you say it. It's like feng shui. It doesn't matter how you say it. It's more important you understand what it is. Right. So it doesn't matter if you know how to say chi pro Sam. Just come find me. I'll tell you what I do. So yep. you you mentioned develop team. Obviously, we're talking about our develop development team. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're talking about sproing. So yes. what led you to sproing? Well, sort of a funny story. So I was my first company was called Chi Solutions, and I have a great technician in in Vancouver. His name's Scott Palmer, and he's fabulous. And he and I he built the site. I mean, I like to say he and I built the site, but let's be realistic here. He built the website and taught me how to use it. Right. So I loved that. It was successful. Very simple website. WordPress. Didn't cost an arm and a leg. Great website. Got great ranking, the whole thing. I met Heath through a hairdresser. I, she just said, oh, you should, meet, you should meet Heath. He does business cards. And I needed business cards. And then Heath was chatting. And you know, I think she said, oh, you should meet Sam. She's doing this new feng shui thing. And they were looking at a new place for their business. This is 10 years ago. Was this when Heath was Red Door? Heath was Red Door, gotcha. yeah. And we met and, yep, we traded. I mean, I went and did their business in his home, which is he always tells a very funny story of his home. But I went and did that for my few hundred dollars because I was so new then. And he did business cards for me and we became good friends. Cool. And it just went from there. So I, and then they were growing, sproying. Um, 
And, but I already had a website. I'm like, well, I've got a really good guy. I don't want to take it away from him. He's done nothing wrong. In fact, he's done everything right. So I'm, I'm going to stay there. But when I change my business one day, or when I evolve it, when it needs redoing, we're going to work together. So then our relationship grew and grew, and I started working for Sproing, doing things, you know, they became my clients. And then when the time came, I was going to do a new com- new company, a new website, it was logical to walk in because I knew from doing Cheese Solutions, I was doing everything. I did every every facet of it, and I, I'm very good at the website as well. I knew I couldn't possibly do that and maintain my family life. <laughs> so I had to hand it over. Now that comes at a cost. So someone listening who's just starting their business, no, go and do a little WordPress site yourself. Go do a Wix website or whatever those ones oh out God. there are. Never again. Oh, okay, it's, so don't do that then. Okay, but I yeah, mean, <laughs> do something that you can afford that's in your realm. Totally. But once you cross that little, once you've got a little bit of money in, in the bank, get people. It's far more important for me to go and work and to have Sproing do what they do and to have you guys do what you do with the podcast. It's far more important. Then I can just, I can be happy living my life and working with the things I want. So, so that's how I fell into Sproing. And now it's a very cohesive thing because they're my client, I'm their client. It works. So we're, it's quite good because we, we're constantly working together. It's like a yin and a yang, and it's great. So it's, right. they're just, you know, so whatever, to get a team around you. You know, to begin with, I mean, when we had Heath on my podcast, Director of Possibilities, we talked about that. At the beginning, you trade. You meet someone, yeah. they can do business cards, you can cut their hair. Whatever it is, you trade and you get where you need to go. But there's a point where you need to step off of that. Because trading doesn't put any money in your bank account. Mm-hmm. Saves you spending, but ultimately it hurts you, I think. So there's once you grow past that, you've got to start charging and actually paying clients. So I don't really trade. I get asked all the time, and I, I, I don't. Not anymore. No. It's, no. Too, it's too gray because then it's like, well, whose values, whose values right. more? There's some, yeah, services right? are tough that services way. Services are tough, and I'm in a service industry, and I'm like, no, this is just what my consult is. It's not like um, product to product. No, and so I, I don't anymore. I do say no gently, and I get asked all the time, And but there's a time when you can do that. Right. Absolutely, at the beginning, for sure, for sure. Interesting. And your relationship with Sproing has evolved over time. Like, how did the uh, – so you have a directory now. I mean, obviously, those two – uh, those two entities are being merged now, but explain mm-hmm. the thought process behind the directory. Cause I think that's really interesting. Well, I don't think a lot of people think about how they could turn their business into a directory period. Well, Geology Pro is, was, is still live at this point, is the directory for professionals. But I, right now I've actually, we've actually hidden that just for the minute. Okay. It's actually hidden. It's all still there, but we've put it in the background as we launch Chipro Sam. So Chipro Sam has to go out there. I'm speaking in Austin, Texas next year. I'm speaking in Vancouver. I'm, I'm out there on the road, basically promoting what I do and, and doing what I do best, which is I love speaking, public right. professional speaking. So I'm going to go out there and do that. So when that goes, we're going to bring the directory back and it will be a, it'll be more like a, these are my trusted colleagues. These are people I recommend. So before anyone could join the directory and they could utilize our SEO to be found. And that was great, but I I didn't want to pick people. But actually, I'm sort of going to do that now because I got people joining and different levels of people. And so, and I wasn't so keen on some of that. So now it's going to be, it'll be like a Sam. I haven't even thought of a name yet, but, you know, Sam recommends or something. Right. And those people will be people that I've worked with or I know who I trust. And they'll be all over the world. So if, wherever you are, you can go find someone that you can think, well, I, li- I like Sam, but she's in... She's in Canada and I'm in Florida. 
Who, who, do who does she to? recommend? Oh, look, she recommends this person. So that will come back. So it's hidden for the minute. It's interesting gotcha. brought it up. It's hidden for the minute, but it will come back, but probably not till the end of next year. But it started as a way to bring professionals together at, I, with for resources and whatnot. I wanted to connect professionals because what I saw was when I was traveling to conferences and going out and learning, I saw a lot of other professionals who started the same time as me but were not where I am. And I thought, well, why not? And I'm a, I've got all this fire, right? I just go, go, go. Um, a lot of other people don't have that, so they were struggling. And I thought, well, why don't they know how to do an annual update? Why don't they know? And they did know physically how to work out the information. They didn't know how to present it to the client. They didn't know how to sell it. Right, right. So I thought, right, I'm going to make resources to give them that. I'm going to help them. And what Something I found... Something came easier to you. It, yeah, it did because I'm, I'm good at relating to people, so I was able to package that. Yeah. I possibly undervalued it, but I'm happy. I'm happy. I don't mind that people got things for, for little money. That's all fine by me. So I was, And I still want to do that. But I, right now, that has to go back a little bit while Sam goes forward, and then the two will merge back again. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, because you're, you're yeah. now having another one of those conversations, like what's, mm -hmm. what's most important, mm. right? So, And I also found that a lot of people, I could see they needed help, timing. I can see a lot of the colleagues, especially the ones in the States, they're learning from some masters in Malaysia, and they're learning lots of really good information, but they don't quite know how to run with it. They don't know what to do with it. But the timing's off. They're not ready to hear my voice yet. So that's where looking at my own chart. And I realized I, I sat down with Raoul and he said, so how do you feel about the fact we've moved the directory? We've hidden it for now. And I said, I'm okay. I said, because we're going to bring it back. And he's like, what? And I said, no, no, not now. Not, don't worry, not now. I said, I've, I've worked it out. I'm, I'm about two years ahead of my time. And that is my problem. I'm usually thinking ahead. I've, I've approached it too quick. They're not ready. They don't think they need me. They think that boosting a post on Facebook is okay. They think getting an image from Google is okay. They need to learn some hard lessons, and then they'll realize they need. Then they'll realize the value of what I'm trying to give them. And I was actually trying to give it to them. Right. But I've also learned if you give something for free, it's not always valued. Mm -hmm. So it's that delicate balance of not charging an, a young, a new person who doesn't have much money too much, mm. but putting a value on it so they appreciate it. Because I would give out tons of free stuff, and and then I'd say, oh, so did you did you like that thing about how to use Handbrake to compress your video? Oh, yes, I stored that email somewhere. I was going to go look at that, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I did a whole thing on screenshots, how to do it, da da da, and I thought, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Yeah. So, and it's not because of the information was wrong. The timing's off. They weren't ready. So now I'm going to go put my voice out there so that they then think, I want to know what Sam says. Then when they come, the information's there and they can get it. Because then when they choose to get it, it will mean something to them. So I was chasing them. So it's timing, my timing was off. So at first it was sad, like, oh, we've got to put the directory away. No, it, it's good. It's gonna go away for now, and then it will come back of its own uh, volition. So it's right. perfect, yeah. It's so interesting. It was a little bit sad, because I, I wanted these colleagues to have this information, but they're not ready for it yet, so they will. But I like it though, and I, I like that you've um, deployed a certain amount of patience to the process and knowing where your I like that you limits think I'm are. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, from not. from a distance, objectively, yeah. You, you might know. want to ask Raoul about that. You're not the most that. patient person for <laughs> yeah. sure, but yeah. um, but you you know where you stand, and you you're willing to look objectively and be like, look. I'm a little early or I'm a little late or whatever it is, because that's pretty known to you. But what I really respect about the whole process is 
And I love the conversation that we were having about figuring out what's important. And it seems like for you, the most important thing was taking something that, I mean, for me and David, it stumped us at the beginning. It's like, I have no idea what kind of services you offer. And now we are in charge of starting your podcast. How do we create the most value for you so that you can make the impact you have in your specific field? Mm -hmm. So that's been our challenge. But I love that, um, that those talks about figuring out what's important, they transcend things like metaphysics and uh, psychology, sociology, the desire to help someone transcends so many different topics that I think that that is something that's helping you win. It's it's a it it's a life learned lesson. Remember, I said I have a lot of indirect resource, which is the school of hard knocks. Mm. We've had some hard knocks. When Rick lost his job, we thought at the time that was the worst thing. At the time, it seemed like it was. Right. It's nothing. The last couple of years, um, my husband's brother died very unexpectedly. We've had some other people die. We just had a nineteen-year-old. A young, a young man die of cancer. We have another little friend whose boy is in sick kids. So it's been a tough 10 days. And um, those are the things that are important. So you do need to focus on money. Of course, when you're building a business, it's about making money. Once you get past that first little hurdle, please put your head up straight and look around you and pay attention to who's next to you. <laughs> I the, the, the sad thing about what I know is I know... I know the lives of the people around me. So I know I don't have as much time as I would like with some people. So I'm trying to do all this so that I have more time with them. So I'm trying to make my life. So I'm not focusing actually on money anymore. Um, I will make enough money for what I need. I'm focusing. enough in that. Yeah. And if I don't make enough money, then I'll go out and work and I'll make some more. I'll do something else. It it will happen, right? It doesn't matter what I. uh, Oh, David's giving me a hug. Believe it or not, I'm yeah. doing that for you, but... Thank you. Yeah. I it's, actually... I'll give you something one I really needed yeah. to hear Aww, today, actually. Thank you. Weirdly yeah. enough. Strangely yeah. enough, that's a... Is that what you needed per, to... Okay. Perspective, perspective's so huge. It's it's always nice to hear it from, from other people. Like you said, the the moment to, to just stop and look around and realize, okay, no matter how bad something feels like it's going the core people around me are still alive and around yes. and healthy. Yes, yes. And if they weren't, nothing that's happening right now would even remotely matter as much as it does or it feels yeah. like it does right now. That's right. So, no, that's that's huge. But it t- Well, I'm glad it helped. It was an honest, honest moment, but I'm glad it helped. And uh, um, I think the guys here at Spring didn't know any of that was going on, and I kind of reacted sharply to something, and then I sort of let it slip, and they're like, oh, okay, because <laughs> they thought it, they knew it was, wasn't like me to do that. Right. It's life is, life is too short. Even myself, I don't have a crystal ball that says everything. I can't prevent, and I can't prevent things. That's one of the worst things. I can't prevent things from happening. They're going to happen. You can alter how things happen. You can alter the severity. But all I do know is that I have a choice every day. And that choice is to enjoy life and to make sure people who are near me know they're loved and not going to worry about the dishwasher, the cup on top of the dishwasher, not in the dishwasher. Still don't understand why I can't make it into the dishwasher. (laughs) Anyway, um, you know, going to focus on the things that are important. I call it first world problems because really it's first world problems. Yeah. Okay. I have a gift and I'm lucky enough to be able to help other people. And even today, someone sent me an e-transfer and they said, guess what the answer is? And I'm like, 
well, I don't know. You're going to need to tell me. <laughs> give me that, a, that's not give how me what a, I do no. works. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, it's what you are. And I'm like, okay. She goes, awesome. And I was like, you were like, goddess, oh. I, I was thinking, yeah, I know. Fire. I was a pain in the ass. I'm just, I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah. So, and I, and it sort of, and it made me laugh. And I said, oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And That's it's nice. those little things. Um, no, none of us get everything right all the time, but we don't get everything wrong all the time either. And we're too hard on ourselves, right? I remember just the other day, I had done a presentation on something, and all these people saying, oh, that was really fantastic. And one person said, eh, yeah, I didn't really get that. What did I focus on? The one person that I thought, oh, what could I have said differently? So they got it. Why did I do that? Why did I go to one person when all the other people were saying, oh, that was really fun. I really got something out when you said that. And that really made sense. And so we do let our energy go to the wrong things. I think, though, it's important to have both. And that's what makes us human is the dualistic aspect. So I think especially in what you're doing, the, the balance of, OK, what could I have done differently? with that one person to help them understand, but also balanced with, wow, it's so great that so many people got so much value and not getting hung up on either one too much, just kind of floating in the middle or a pendulum swing between yeah. them, as you could say. Well, again, it goes back to what we've all been saying, not chasing it, just just giving, just doing yeah. what you do and not, ex not expecting. I think one of the biggest things I learned was to start to give without expectations. I didn't mm -hmm. realize I had expectations on everything and I did. I think we all do. We expect something in return. So now I've just started giving and just giving and it, it comes back. Anytime I sit there and think, oh, I don't have a I don't have an active consult right now, isn't that? Oh, I've got bills at the end of the month. A job will come through. I don't mean to say that in a callous, big headed way. I'm just saying I do the good things, I live I live a good life, I'm true to who I am, I have enough. That's my favorite word is enough. I don't need to be super rich, I just need to have enough to my, put our daughter through university, our son is done, um, pay our bills, live our life. So, so while you're living your truth and you're defining. Yeah. And uh, there's a, also a, always a gap between finding out what's important and actually following through on it. I mm -hmm. think there's a whole lot of fear that becomes intertwined with our desire to do something that we probably know we should be doing. Yeah. Um, but you're living your truth. And I think that itself, even if it's not you in a speech saying these things or yeah. someone hearing you in a podcast, I think that there's enough, there's enough energy transfer between us in, mm -hmm. in whatever, whatever kind of religion or spiritual aspect that you have, but people pick up on those types of things. They, they pick do. up on people living their truth and doing something that especially when you know them, you can just see that like light in their eyes. Well, the other day I walked you know? into, I, I teach Tai Chi. It's one of the things I, and I walked into class and some students that have been with us for a while came up and they said, we just have to tell you something. And at first I was like, what? We haven't even started uh -oh. the class yet. And, um, and she said, I just need you to know that every time I walk in the, cl the classroom, when you walk in, the energy shifts. She says, and I just feel good energy from you. Now, remember, I said I have all this fire. I can't handle it. I have to give it away. That's what makes me healthy is mm. to give this fire away. And I went up and I just touched her and I said, when we're just doing Tai Chi, which is a, a separate person, you do it by yourself, you know, we're not, you're not touching, but there's a thing called join hands. And I said, when you get to the other level, I'm just going to show you something. And I stood there and I touched her elbow and her wrist where we would start the join hands. And I said, 
now can you feel my energy transfer? And she's like, holy cow. And I'm like, yep, because it's that energy shift. And we should just give naturally. Some people will take more. Some people will need less. Now, there are energy vampires, too. They're not so good. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware of those people that just, yes. and Romania. <laughs> I thought there was a slight redness in the eye. I really did. <laughs> and pale skin. Um, but you can have, you know, as you're going along and you are trading at the beginning of a company, of, of your business, you can have people that just take and take and take. So it takes a while before you pull back from those, before you recognize them. And usually it's anyone I've chased or done that follow-up phone call extra, and I shouldn't have done the extra one. They're the ones that become vampires and just take from me. And mm. it's not about paying me. They'll pay me, but they're drawing my energy out. So yeah, you've got how to, much time are you yeah. spending? Yeah. yeah. And I, w- I was lucky, too, because at the beginning of this year when I was ch- talking with Rial about how my business was going to go this year, I didn't fully know how to do it. He was the one that took me aside and said, you know, we've, we've had a meeting about you and we need Fun Sam back. We, you know, we need Fun Sam to be front and center. But if you're going to do this, you have to commit 110% and then we'll back you. Um, as in we'll do it, you know, we'll build the site, we'll do everything. So I had to think about that. And you guys were part of that as well. Mm-hmm. So that transformation, and I'm so much happier being Chipro Sam. Yeah, so much happier. Awesome. Yeah. So I had a few hard knocks on the uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, well. I have, a, I have a question that I like to ask all of the... Uh-oh all of the uh, guests that we have on the podcast. Um, it's nice and easy. Don't stress. Kay. Don't get... I'm not going to stress. Uh, you need to be nice and relaxed for it. But we it's, went uh, deep in this I episode. I feel like so. we did. We did. I love it. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I uh, I think... I th- I'm actually really curious to get your response to this one. Okay. Um, what are you currently obsessed with right now? And it can be anything. Like you just... Oh, it's easy. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or yeah. whatever it is. Br- British crime dramas. British crime British dramas. Yeah. dramas. Which one so, in particular? Well, the one I'm watching right now is called Rook. The Rook, R-O-O-K. And I, love I just dramas. finished watching The Fall with Gillian Anderson. Okay. So I love anything that takes me back to my homeland. Where are you? Where did you say you were born? Amersham in Buckinghamshire. Okay. So, but a lot of these detective shows are... Um, you know, in, in England. So when I say crime drama, there's the real McCoy ones about the the, the stories. And I'm, the name has slipped me of the one that's like the documentary style. But those two, Rook and the Fall, they're all about detectives in London. One's about a serial murder. Are they Very modern good. day? Or are they yeah, like yeah, Sherlock Holmes? No, kind no, no. Okay. The modern, the modern day. Okay. And one's, one's about a serial murder. And the other one's about um, unusual powers a little bit going into the marvel a little bit but it's still oh, cool. so those two are really good but that's what i'm obsessed with so every British night you know, I, I get my work done and i'm like close the laptop and i go running into the tv and i watch i watch a show that's so not awesome. so much dr Mo- you know inspector morse and those things i mean the the hardcore raw ones yeah yeah, yeah I, I, love love I love those i love it that's yeah. cool that's my thing i love how she knew right away every everybody i've asked that has to everyone's like, kind of think like, about oh. it and they're like oh, no. am i obsessed oh, no, with no, no. and I'm we get the weird we get the weirdest responses like you'll get like uh keeping my grass perfect or like oh for golf or something no like just just the, the, just the, the lawn are like, all random the lawn oh. like keeping the lawn looking oh, nice. oh grass like, i thought you said grasp oh no i'm just <laughs> oh that's why when you said golf that's i was the like the golf you, on the, right? the grass on the golf right? <laughs> no. Yeah. no keeping my grass like yeah, no. the lawn looking nice okay very yeah, nice no i've been into these uh for a while now and anything to do unfortunately with cereal 
serial killers. Hey, they're, they're really good. fascinating. It is. It is. The way and that they a think. Net, oh, it is. I'm making a murder. Ma- making a oh, murder. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was... That, yep, see all those. That's the kind of Aren't thing they I'm doing, obsessed with. I heard they're doing a second season of I that think one. So. Making a, the next part. Isn't that the one where he was wrongly accused? Supposedly. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, or yeah, supposedly wrongly. There already is a second season. Yeah. There is already? Yeah, it's it's live. It just kind of went under oh, the radar. Sure, but there, Have you seen Mindhunter? My, oh, it's saved in my saved file. But I That one's interesting it. if you is like, because, yeah, it kind of delves into how the FBI started to, instead of just treating a serial killer as just some, you know, mindless exception where they're just like yes. pure evil, there was... Yeah, because he, he went, to, he went to, to university, right? He went back to yeah. school and he was the oldest student and no one liked him because they knew he was a fed or something. But yeah. He was like, there's got to be something else here. And there's a pattern that's starting to emerge, certain yeah. life, you know, environmental factors. Yeah, it's, I think it's I watched cool. three. Yeah, I think I watched three and it's still saved. I haven't, I haven't watched the rest there's of it. There's one you would like to, um, it's an HBO series. Okay. It's called, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's about Robert Durst. He was an eccentric, like, millionaire in the United States. And he supposedly killed like three people, but they can't prove any of them. And there's like weird stuff. Like he supposedly killed a woman he was in love with that he was with. And then like all of a sudden he's found like decades later disguised as a mute woman in like southern the southern United States. And then his neighbor like shows up. It's like shows up dead and it's like. So, yeah, it's, it's an HBO series. And then one I recently watched as well on the airplane was Chernobyl. That was actually really I've interesting. I've heard about that. I haven't watched it. That was unreal. Is it a movie? Documentary? It's a HBO docuseries. Oh, cool. So it's yeah. a reenactment of real-time events in a, like docudrama kind of style. That's yeah, cool. I like I like docudrama um, stuff. But it was, it was wonderful. Then there's a podcast after on every episode where they talk about what was real, what was fake, and they're pretty much like 80, 90% accurate on what they did, like wow. reenacting the scenes. As, as similar as like the apartments of like Soviet communist era mm. and like – uh, KGB, the courtrooms, the the nuclear reactor room in general, the yeah. city that was right outside. Yeah. It was unreal. I, you know, because my work is so serious and my books are heavy to read, when I read a book, it's a fiction. Not mm-hmm. not a love story. I can't, can't go that far. But it's got to be something I can get lost in. But it has to be something I can't work the ending out. If I can work the end, if I'm halfway through and I've worked the ending out, I'm like, oh, bugger that, I'm done. So I've got to, anything I watch has got to have a twist to it because my mind has to engage. Yeah, yeah. So, no I doubt. Mean, even if I'm losing myself, I've got to have a twist. You ever seen the movie Mr. Brooks with um, I have, Kevin Costner? a long time ago. Oh, good movie. I got to rewatch it. No, rewatch that movie, Mr. Brooks. I don't know why it wasn't a massive hit. It was fantastic. It's fantastic. There's some movies like that. that what Inception? Like have you seen that? Yes. I, very, like, I was just going to say, I feel like that would tough. be a good that movie was, for you. I did not work it all out. I didn't. You, I, 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 I watched it I three times before I feel like I can comfortably like explain every, how it all works. I don't think I can explain how it all works, but I watched it twice and I sort of got it the second time. But I it was, still it was don't tough know. One. I just still don't know. The, 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 cinem- ending, the yeah. ending is like just on the verge where they're like, it could be extended into another movie, yeah. but it's like it's so left. It's like the Matrix too. I mean, I love yeah. the Matrix, right? Oh, I like yeah. Keanu Reeves. I mean, who, who, who doesn't? I mean, but he's just so cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But. It's awesome. Okay, well, we're gonna land the plane, <laughs> as I like to say. But um, I, I like to end with a question as well. David's okay. got his question to lighten the mood. Um, Perfect. So my question is, and this is always there's always different answers for people who are parents and people that aren't parents. So you're dealing with someone who's just coming out of high school. 
They haven't signed up for university yet. They just don't really know what's going on. Now, you're not there to push them to a specific career or whatever it is. How do you, what advice do you have for them to help them understand what's important, to help them come to that conclusion themselves? Where do you lead them? So when I've worked with people of that age, well, usually with the parents of people that age, it's quite interesting because usually the young person does actually know. It's just Mm. that they're being influenced inadvertently by parents and school teachers and people are saying, well, you're good at science. You should go the science route. Well, you're good at drawing. You should go this route. Usually that young person does have an inkling. So it's really great when someone like me comes in because I will work out their Bartzer chart and I can actually, I'll just ask questions. I'll say, Oh, it looks to me, you know, it looks like you love to create things with your hands. What are you doing with your hands? Pottery, metalwork? Like, what are you doing? And I just get them talking. It's already in them. I just help give them an outlet. So the be- if they don't know me, they haven't met me, I'm not working with them. They've just got to actually be, it's going to sound odd, I want them to be a little bit selfish, which is mm. tricky because the younger generation is being told off for being too selfish, right? Too selfie, too me, too this, too that. There's some merit to that. But I want them to actually just trust in themselves a little bit more, which is really tricky to do at 16. Self-awareness. You're being, you're being, yeah, self-awareness. So in a sense, I would say your schoolwork is there. Your high school's there. You're going to go to some kind of further education, whether it's uh, a trade or a university. I would say develop your spiritual studies more because learn to be, learn to know who you are a little bit mm-hmm. more. So that could be yoga, could be tai chi, could be a spiritual class. And I'm not really talking about religion. I'm talking about big spiritual, spiritual, big difference, spiritual awareness. This, as I began my spiritual studies after I was in metaphysics, that changed everything because I had the facts and the figures, but the spiritual awareness made me more aware of who I was and what I was capable of. And it, it took me to a place where I could trust myself more mm. rather than, you know, remember I was that little girl who did what she was told and you don't grow out of that easily. So I would encourage them to do... And not so much the sports. I'm not talking about basketball, football. They might be good at that, and that's great discipline. Yoga and basketball are two very different Yeah, I'm talking (laughs) about spiritual awareness. So it could be, and I'm actually going to say meditation. I wish schools had meditative classes. That's what they need. I just saw something on Facebook floating around that the UK, I think it was the UK, maybe it was a district or something. It was that they had mandated that is a certain part of the curriculum. It wasn't a specific course, but it was a portion of a certain class where they would learn mindfulness and meditation. I was like, that's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I was just reading my really intellectual Hello magazine from England, (laughs) and it was all about little Prince George and his school and his little sister had just joined him. and, And the motto of the school was be kind. And I just thought, wow, isn't that great? And that was such a great, simple words, be kind. Be kind. Their big focus is kindness to others. That is all you need to do. You'll learn your ABCs. You'll learn whatever you need to learn. But if you don't get the foundation for being kind to others, you can't be kind to yourself. Well, it goes being kind to yourself helps you be kind to others. But when you start giving out more, you actually start giving more to yourself. So if I, if teenagers, I would love for them to do whatever appeals, like I said, yoga or some kind of meditation something that allows them to still their mind and actually hear that inner voice. Mm-hmm. Not the nagging one Instead on the shoulder of... that says, you're no good, you're never going to amount to anything, you've got spots today and everyone's going to see them. The one that's inside that says, you're beautiful. 
I, I told you this. I know. I know we have to close, but I've told you this story before. When I learned face reading, I struggled because my face wasn't the perfect face. Isn't the perfect face, but it's the face I'm supposed to have, and it has a story. And it's a story right. that is from my past. It's a story I'm living now. It's a story of my future. So it's my face. Um, I love it. It's not perfect, but I love it. Well, it just is what it is. Like yeah. we're all we're. we're we have a certain amount of control over ourselves, but there's at a, at a certain point you have to let go. You have to let go and, and really realize that like we are who we are and we have to work with what we've been given. Yeah. And more than that, you got to embrace, you got to want to work with it. You got to love it. You got to love yourself. You are, like you said, too many times we're told, we're well, not tall enough. You're not this, you're not that, you're not this. Well, no, I'm not, mm-hmm. but I am this. Yeah. So I want the teenagers out there that might be struggling with all the issues they face just to try to go inward, not depressive. <laughs> I meant inward to still the mind because there's a good voice in there that will lead them. Well, there's vulnerability but, there yeah. as well. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a really tough one. And I'm watching teenagers right now because some of them in November, we're going to s- experience something in the in the year that's quite negative. And anyone that's, that's a bit wobbly might do something stupid. So the young people <laughs> out there need to um, make sure they reach out to speak if they're feeling overwhelmed and depressed. It's interesting. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's a little bit problematic for the young ones this year, the teenagers. It's amazing. It's And you know what, it's it's like refreshing to hear that because, um, yeah, I've taken a little bit of that spiritual path at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And I remember you it's, said that. It's actually quite amazing. It's not, it's so much different than your classic, um, you know, do more work and hustle and you'll see the results and that'll make you happy because it's just that seems to be more or less what um, self-help books and society will tell us right you just will yourself into doing things but it's it's only when you start like breaking down the walls a little bit that you start to really see who you are and it makes me sort of chuckle a little bit the man you know will it and you will make it happen the manifestation boards my my standing joke on that is i've got a picture of brad pitt at home in, he's still not in my bedroom and i have visualized him there and he's not <laughs> like nick Clinton laughing with him he's not there so clearly it's not working um you can't will things but your actions you know your actions can make a difference absolutely so it's it's really important and, and i'm going to say like little little prince george and princess charlotte there be kind be kind to yourself and be kind to others and the rest will follow. It's amazing. Yeah, it will. That's perfect to end on. Be That's kind. the perfect note. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. you so much. Thanks for so, having me, guys. Awesome. Absolutely. And thanks for uh, sharing your wisdom. I think, uh, you know what, I've got more topics that I want to go over. So we're going to have multiple part um, topics. I mean, that's the beauty of podcasts is like certain, I know, I, my I, favorite podcast has like seven or eight guests that tend to be repeats. You know, yeah. every 30 or 40 episodes, they make an appearance. And it's not just because they're running out of people. It's because <laughs> they provide value over and over again. And there's different stages. I mean, think about how much we've changed in one year or two years. Would well, you remember I said at the beginning with the charts? And I, I don't know, Clinton's probably thinking, I thought they were closing. I thought they were closing. Oh, God, they're going <laughs> so again. I'm hungry. Think, I know, think yeah, again, Clinton. Think, think again. Clinton. But remember I said, the reason we, we get along is that you both have something in your chart that that fuels me and I have something in my chart that helps you guys shine. So yeah. what that is, that's that kindness. We're actually giving each other something. Yeah. So that's why we can sit around a table and talk and that's why we will. Well, it again and again a great and again. conversation. Yeah. That's for sure. And so. I appreciate it. But All I've right. got lots more that I want to talk about. So you'll have to come back. I would love to come back, please. And yeah. um, we'll go from there. But thank you right. for being who you are. And thanks for coming thank on the you. podcast. It's been, thanks, a, it's been a blast.